Sound Space, brought to you by Spectrum Life, bringing you real life, real conversation, and real advice from the best in class experts across all areas of physical and mental well being. Join our host weekly and learn how to improve and reflect on your well being. Welcome to this episode with me, Lauren Gilfoyle. This week, I'm joined by foodie and yogi, Roberta Harrington. Over the next couple of weeks, I will be chatting to people from all walks of life about how they take on the challenge to make, manage and prioritise habits that benefit their physical and mental well-being, despite the busyness of the world around them. My guest today graduated as a physical education and Irish teacher, but has left the classroom behind to foster her new venture, aptly named Bobby, with a focus on food as well as teaching yoga. I'm also very interested to hear how this All-Ireland Club winner has adapted from the environment of team sport as well as her battles through injury. Roberta Harrington, you're very welcome. Thanks, Lauren. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Telling you before I came on that it's my first podcast, so be gentle on me, be kind. I think it's my first time calling you Roberta as well. You're more colloquially known to us as Bobby or Bob. Probably, yeah. Like even I was trying to think of where it actually started because I'm like, if people don't know me, they're just probably like, where did the name Bob or even the brand Bobby come from? And I've like, I've thought long and hard about like where the, the whole story begins. And I actually think it started with a game of Stop the Bus when I was about 10 years old. So like a whole story for another day, but very, very random. What is Stop the Bus? Tell me, we have time. <laughs> so Stop the Bus, you know that game that you used to play in like primary school, secondary school, where somebody counts or starts the alphabet in their head, basically. And like you you'd land on the letter G and then you'd have to give a boy's name, girl's name, a cat, a colour, all of that stuff. <laughs> That's what we were at below in Cork, obviously. It wasn't anything in clear in your day. No. So Bobby came from that. <laughs> yes, it did indeed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's after turning into, I suppose, a, a business that is now centered around healthier food and yoga. Um, and it's, yeah, it's growing every day. I suppose it's something that began last year. Um, it was something that I wanted to do for quite a while. And I know when I say that, like I'm 25, I, I'm not that old, um, but it's something that I, I've known that I've wanted to do since even college. Um, so yeah, I did, I graduated from UL uh, in 2017 in, uh, did PE in Irish. And I loved the course, Lauren, like I really did. And I loved the people. Um, but I think on second year placement that it became very clear to me that, you know, while I loved the course content, um, I loved the, the the subjects individually, like PE on its own, Irish on its own. I didn't really love the teaching of them. And it was kind of something that I accepted straight away. I wasn't putting pressure on myself that I had to be a teacher. I just kind of took the mindset that, look, if I happen to be a teacher, I happen to be a teacher. And if I don't, let's not panic. I'll figure it all out. Um, but I suppose I've always had a massive love for just everything health and wellness and food in general like growing up I would have spent hours upon hours in the kitchen just playing around with ingredients probably burning more things than I care to <laughs> um but no like I've always just had that spark and that love for for working with food and as I got a little bit older and we'll speak about it in a, in a little while that passion kind of grew into into yoga as well so that's essentially where the the business was born um I have a huge love for both food and for yoga so it's lovely to be able to get to work with them daily and to be able to to center my business around both I suppose. So give us an insight into what it is you do I suppose day to day or what the brand Bobby can offer. 
Of course. So in terms of food, I offer a click and collect food service across Mayo and Sligo. And I do like healthier treats, bakes and granolas. And I offer lots of gluten free and dairy free options as well. Um, so I work for my food safety approved home kitchen here. And I suppose I only started the food venture last October. So it's still really early days, but I have huge plans. Um, and I'm obviously I think to be able to grow the business, I will have to move from the home kitchen and maybe look towards more of a commercial space. But again, I'm not putting pressure on myself that I have to do these things by a certain date. I'm, I'm cognizant that we're still in the middle of a pandemic and it's still just about like taking it day by day. I'm really enjoying the process. And um, and I know that the you know, the commercial side of it or moving towards a different premises will come in time. But um, in terms of yoga, then I have a full schedule weekly. Um, I run both courses and individual classes, and then I work quite a bit with sports teams as well. So um, it's something that's actually becoming a lot more popular now. You'll see different mm -hmm. sports teams just really interested in maybe learning a little bit more about movement, bringing kind of that that stretching routine into their like into their training regime, really. And um, and just kind of getting lads and girls to improve flexibility and mobility. And of course, just working towards injury prevention, something that you know a huge amount about. Um, so like I wake up in the morning, I have a yoga class and then it's straight into cooking for the day. I'll have an, an evening yoga class as well. Um, so it is, it's a bit of a balancing act. I'm not going to lie. And, uh, you know, some, way, some weeks you've kind of, you'll, you'll feel yourself kind of running out of steam, you know, energy is low. Um, and when that comes about, you know, I'm good to myself, I can even maybe try to just step back, a, take a few less orders, maybe in the shop or something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm always cognizant that, you know, I don't want to burn the, the candle at both ends because I really do love doing both. Yeah, that's something that I've had to learn over the past couple of years is that I can do anything, but I can't do everything. So yeah. trying to figure out kind of prioritizing what's important um, because I know myself, I, I want to feel like I can do absolutely everything all day, every day. But I think there comes a time where quality starts to, to drop as a result of trying to do too much. Um, I love as well the way you're, you have that emphasis on food, but also on movement. It's quite broad. You're kind of looking at lifestyle as a collective, as opposed to maybe kind of zoning in on one particular um, area, which I think is, is quite interesting. And that's what I've tried to do as well in terms of br branching into like psychology and moving away from just kind of physical, physical uh, well-being. Do you feel... Because I know you mentioned it there, you loved the course content um, in UL. I presume it would have been a lot of um, anatomy, physiology, coaching, sport, and then obviously the Irish as well. Um, do you feel more fulfilled now in the in the, the career that you've chosen? Yes, absolutely. I think even because I only I was teaching for two years and I had spent a year working in UL as well in the students' union and as I said, like I, I did love the the subjects individually, but. I'm that person that just loves doing research. I love learning more. And I, I just felt like I was going through the motions a little bit, if that makes sense. Like I was I was enjoying some days, but not every day. And like I can hand on heart say now that I jump up out of bed every day. Like even the days that I'm tired, I'm excited to get on the mat. Um, I feel like I can be a lot more creative, a lot more myself. And I'm obviously very independent in my work. I'm my own boss, but I feel like I just have that that room to kind of play around and, and do things my own way, um, which suits me. And I know it doesn't suit everybody, but um, I think in terms of that, because I probably do have a little bit of a creative streak that I, I feel way more fulfilled. I suppose even in terms of like health and well-being, I 
I know, you know, that holistic approach is such a buzz term at the minute, but I do feel like it is all about that holistic approach. It's not just about focusing in on your food. It's not just focusing in on movement because when you do that, like something else gives. I think it's been nice for me, just even, I suppose, over the past two years, I'm, I'm gone a little bit better. I'm instead of putting all of my energy into one or two aspects of life, I'm really trying to just kind of spread it out a little bit more and just be like, no, look, Roberta, if your energy is low, maybe cut back on the on the the movement a little bit and give yourself a little bit of time to read or go to bed earlier or enjoy your sleeping. And I think I'm I'm after becoming kinder to myself as a result of maybe taking that time and just figuring it all out and being like, no, do you know, uh, things are actually way more enjoyable in this aspect when I, you know, allow them to be or um, if you if you don't give yourself too much, uh, say with movement or whatever, then you'll enjoy the food, you'll enjoy the social aspect. It's about kind of like, I remember actually being, uh, my first year teaching, there was a particular company came in and they were doing like this health and wellness talk with, I think was second year students at the time. And they put up this, um, this kind of a pictogram on the board and it was basically like nine boxes and each box was titled like relationships, movement, um, it could have been like friends, all of that kind of thing. And um, they were just basically saying that you need to start to spread yourself across all nine boxes, that if you were to just jump into one or two, then the other seven boxes are, are no longer there. And, you know, you need the whole nine to to be fulfilled, to be happy um, and to feel to feel like you're you and you're doing the best that you can. So I've definitely done as much as I can. I think the last two to three years have been probably really positive for me. And um, because I've started to I've started to see that kind of a wider, that wider outlook, that wider attitude and and bring it into my daily life, I suppose. I really agree with you in the in the sense of kind of not being perfect and 100 percent in one box and, and like the importance of spreading across, because I would have, I suppose, tried to, to go at like physical activity at 100 percent. I've tried to get into the food. So I'm still learning. I'm, I'm getting there slowly. But sleep was something that I really just didn't respect or care about. And I suppose over the last maybe two and a half, three months, I really started to like put the phone down earlier, read a book, get into bed earlier. And the change in my mood and my productivity on the next day, like that's gone up magnificently. So while I've like put a bit more into that box, it's, it's helped the rest of the boxes, as 100%. you were saying. So I think it's, it's really important um, that we do kind of have a little bit in each, I suppose. You were mentioning there about your excitement to kind of get up and get active in your in your daily life, in your in, in your work activities. And that I suppose kind of comes into my next question about kind of enjoying what you're doing. And I suppose I want to ask you about exercise and physical activity, because that's changed a lot for you. And I so I want to kind of go back to where you started and, and to where you are now, because obviously I've known you over the past couple of years and even the the you I know new from college back in the day is very different from the, the, the you that I know now so do you want to give us kind of an insight into what you were doing in your teenage years yeah absolutely so like I grew up in a house that was just sporting mad Lauren um, I'm the youngest of four girls and we were gone seven nights a week between football camogie and soccer um like even just thinking back now I often wonder how mom and dad even came up for air at that stage like <laughs> full time on the road but um we all played football and camogie with club and county underage as well so it was kind of a balancing act um 
but we knew no different as well. Like that's the thing. So our lives revolved around sport and we didn't really know a life outside of it. Um, our evenings were spent, you know, training in Morn Abbey or in Vodafone or above in Cork in UCC or CIT. And then our weekends were spent on the road off playing games. And like even at school, I would have played every kind of sport possible from football to soccer to orienteering. Um, like I was ridiculously competitive as well in nature and I probably still am, but I suppose I was even that girl like that I played with the lads team at home like pure tomboy um, and it's gas because my lads team at home in Butterfant which I would have played with um, would have always ended up playing Clyda which is the lads team in Moore Abbey which was the girls team that I played with as well and um, so myself <laughs> and the Moore Abbey girls like would go from playing together one day to playing against each other the next day <laughs> Oh, plenty of fire there. Um, but yeah, I have great, great memories playing sport when I was younger, but obviously that's not the case now. Um, so like I suppose even as I went through college, things started to change a little bit for me. Um, and by a little bit, I mean a lot. So all the way up to leaving cert, I suppose, I would have been very responsible with drinking and going out. Um, and it's not that I wasn't allowed to, like, mom and dad are absolutely horizontal. They're very trusting in us. Um, it was just that I had no massive interest, really. Like, sport, sport sport, was what I wanted to do when the drinking, like, didn't really come into it. Um, like, I enjoyed the crack of maybe getting dressed up the odd night. Might have a couple of harmless WKDs or Picard <laughs> or something like that. But, um, you know, even if I didn't go out, I'd have been as happy if I if I did. Um, but when I started in UL, I suppose everything just kind of fell into place so nicely for me, Lauren, um, which was very refreshing because I was after having a very difficult two years prior. So I got very stressed during my leaving search and um, that stress had taken its toll on me. And I suppose I started a course in UCC as well. I had started off doing law and French that I ended up leaving. But when I started in UL, then the, the following year, like I loved my course, I had great friend groups. Um, we started to go out lots like you do in college. And I suppose slowly but surely, a world that had once just revolved around sport now revolved around a whole load more things mm -hmm. and um, I suppose I start it started to to become that bit harder to commit to traveling home for training like the FOMO started to kick, to kick in you'd be heading back in the car and you'd be like Jesus the girls are going to have some crack and mollies tonight and like it was just getting that little bit more difficult but I also started to enjoy other methods of exercise a whole lot more as well like I was going to the gym in college which was something I hadn't done much of before then I used to love going to Richie's exercise classes, <laughs> like just the kind of classes you come out feeling elated from and like you could take on the world. So I suppose I continued to to play with Morn Abbey, you know, at the, the start of college and stuff. But at the same time, I didn't let it stop me from doing the things that I wanted to do, which would have been the case all the way up through my teenage years. Like I ended up going in a J1 in college, uh, went over to my sister in Australia for a summer as well. So um, sport was no longer like, the main priority now it was just kind of like fitting into life I suppose in August 2016 then during a challenge game in Warren Abbey um I tore my ACL we, we might chat about it a little bit in a while but um I was due to head out on my final year school placement um in the September and I was basically given two options they were like Roberta you can get the surgery now repeat the year um, or you can put the surgery off until after your school placement, like get yourself through, get by your school placement and then and then get it done. Um, so I chose the second option, probably a glutton for punishment. But anyway, <laughs> I got through the placement and, um, you know, I, I did my rehab, all that jazz, but I ended up never going back playing football. And it wasn't a decision that I took lightly. It was obviously something that I had 
like gone back and forth in my head more days than I care to remember um and it wasn't an easy decision as well and I think probably a lot of people didn't understand why I wasn't going back but I knew at the time that it was definitely the best decision for me um so I suppose from there it just kind of progressed uh which is like I don't play sport anymore, which is still even a little bit crazy to say, you know, when you were just brought up in the thing. Um, mm. But I still love watching it. Um, I get giddy with excitement there when the Sunday game is back over the summer. And I just love going to games as well. Um, but yeah, so everything has changed really in terms of my methods of exercise. It was a long journey, I suppose, in one sense. I feel like it was some people maybe didn't accept the fact that I wasn't going back to play sport. Dad included, like it's just the whole thing didn't make sense to him. Like, why won't you go back? Come on, go back training tonight. Um, but yeah, no, ultimately I'm I'm delighted with my decision. I think it it all worked out as as positively as it could in the end. There is so much to unpack there, and I'm I'm really interested to kind of unpack the psychology of injury. That's like my main I know passion is the wrong way to describe it because it's obviously someone's injured and that's a negative yeah. experience for them. But I find it really interesting as a physio that engages with people when they're injured, but also my interest in psychology um, and the whole kind of shift in mindset that happens through that. So we'll definitely jump into that a little bit. I suppose it, it probably will actually nearly all come together um, in, in these questions. I've kind of got separate questions in my head. But the first one, I suppose, is when you started to notice that like that FOMO feeling when you're in college and going back for training started to become a chore, how did you interpret those thoughts? Because personally for me, I, I experienced the exact same thing and I started to feel guilty and I started to feel like I had to go back to please other people when I realistically, I would have preferred to have stayed in college that night and gone out or even just stayed in. So like, how did you, how did you feel about that? Were, were you happy about those kind of thoughts coming or were you conflicted or? Um, yeah, I definitely tried to fight it, I think. Um, like, because I suppose I was nearly disappointed in myself that I was at the point where I was nearly choosing a night out over over sport, over training. Um, and that had never been the case. So I definitely, there was like, you know, all of these thoughts running and racing around my head. Like, what are you becoming, Roberta? Like, do you know, like, drink isn't the most important thing here the most important thing is that you actually get home and you get training so I did try to fight it a little bit but like I just couldn't hide the fact that I did have FOMO um I would have been really disappointed to come back and hear all the stories from the girls and be like Jesus I should have just I should have just stayed down for the night like training was woeful it was really hard he ran the crap out of us for 60 minutes I'd have been better off down here um and of course like it's conflicting you do want to stay below But you also know that there is like this sense of responsibility that you started out the year, you were training well at the start of the year. There's no reason now why you shouldn't continue to go home for training. Like, you know, going out on Tuesday night is no excuse. Um, So it was hard, I suppose. But at the end of the day, like the thoughts were my thoughts. There was no point in trying to fight them too much. Um, Like definitely you're going to start laughing, but like definitely even looking back now, like there was definitely a few trainings where I would have rang down and been like, oh, uh, we're late in lectures tonight or big assignments to do tonight. I'm sure no assignment in the world to do. You just wanted to stay down and go out. So yeah, I did probably overstep the line no more than anybody else. Like mm. that was my age at the time. Um, Coming up with every kind of, ex- kind of an excuse, but I suppose when that does become the case, you realise actually it's not as important as it once was to me. So, you know. And I think as well, it's even if you were to delve a bit deeper into like nearly the psychology of it, like your identity was changing a little bit. You were Roberta, the Gaelic footballer. Um, and that's all you knew. That's the environment that you were brought up in. But like 
like college is that time where that starts to change. And it probably changed for me after college, which is a little bit weird. It's kind of maybe towards the end of college, right? But did you find your enjoyment of football was, 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 was taken away or reduced? Or like, did you actually enjoy playing it anymore? Um, I would say I definitely still enjoyed playing it, but I didn't feel as committed to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like I could nearly go through these phases, you know, if I was down at training or if I was at a game and... Um, you know, you're in that like complete just flow and you're like, Jesus, I, I loved that game. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then there was days where everything just felt like a chore being like, why am I here? God, I prefer not to be here. It was almost just like two sides of the coin. There was no middle. There was no middle mm-hmm. ground. Either I loved it or I hated it, um, which was which was probably hard to deal with as well, because you were gone from a stage of loving it 100 percent to now being like 50 50. And you kind of wonder, am I the problem here? Like, am I the one that's changing? Because um, you can still see the other girls around you, like staying committed and being as committed as they had been before college. So you almost have like this feeling of guilt being like, God, I'm letting down the side now. Like, you know, cop yourself on, Roberta. But um, yeah, I suppose it kind of happens to a lot of people, really, Lauren, where, you know, even up until they're 18, 19, sport is the be all and end all and then they get to college and they realize actually do you know what there's more to life let's try to let's try to balance it out here let's try to have sport um like be a part of my life rather than take the whole thing over Mm -hmm. so sometimes it's actually nice to see that happen with people because you can see just how like you know their whole lives revolve around sport they don't know what it's like to be able to go to parties to weddings to enjoy celebrations because there's drinking bands there's training there's matches so um sometimes it's refreshing to see people who you know you care about to to kind of maybe get both ends of the spectrum get the fun and get the sport in I think as well like I, I know the area that you grew up in. I don't know very well but you 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 know fecal where I'm from and there is literally nothing else to do if it's yeah. not camogie and there's very little football in East Clare um so I found as well growing up that was the only sport um I'm I could have gone into Tola and played a bit of soccer there was definitely no rugby there was a little bit of athletics so it kind of it was the only outlet that we had but I think these days with even the likes of online work, like online yoga just wasn't a thing back then. So it's when you go out and even like going into the likes of UL where there are so many different sports and clubs, but there's so many different things that you haven't even considered that you might actually love. And I suppose that's where you're kind of trying to get out into these new environments. And you mentioned there about like the, the classes in UL and the different things. What was it or what what types of exercise did, did you start to try? And what was it about? about those forms of exercise that you liked um so I suppose I would have done the classes with Richie in the evening time and what I loved about that was just it was so so feel good like he was just so energizing you'd come out of the class being like geez I can take on the world now and the tunes were blaring and it was just something completely different from what I would have like known and the thing is is that like the sweat would have been pouring out of me and um like something similar to what you'd be like after after a match and I just didn't know that there was these forms of exercise that could be as vigorous as, you know, as playing games, because I suppose even with Torn Abbey or even with Cork, like it was just all about like being on the field. There was there was less of a focus on kind of the things that you can do around your training to include yoga, stretching, maybe Pilates and breath work, all of that. There was never there was no focus back then 
on the added aspects that you could bring into into your regime, I suppose. Um, but even within our course, like we would have done spike ball, volleyball, swimming twice a week, um, all of these new sports, we did athletics and they were just so much fun. And I think that's something that had been lacking maybe a little bit towards that that time as well with football was the fun element. And like I was just seeing how happy these other sports made me, how how happy these other classes made me. And I kind of liked the idea as well of being able to do a bit on my own. And um, it's not that I'm not a team player that I don't work with other people, but sometimes it's just nice to be able to go in and do your own thing, like go into the gym, spend an hour, an hour and a half, or even spend 30 minutes if you feel like it, and just feel like what I'm doing today is what I want to do. It's not what somebody else is telling me to do. Do you know what I, I mean? I completely agree because that was, when I reflect back to my time playing Komogi, I, the, what made me start to hate it was that I had to go training when they called training, as in if it was Wednesday night, but there was something else on Wednesday night that I wanted to go to. I now had, like that was taken away from me. So what I love about what I do now is that I can go for a run when it suits me. I can go to the gym when it suits me. I can go to that class when it suits me. And I think, yeah, I, I find it interesting kind of even given your, what you were saying earlier about working and wanting to work for yourself and kind of work off your own schedule that that is nearly reflected in your exercise habits now as well. Yes, for definite. And like even, that's the thing, do you know, I think even when you're playing with the team, it's like, I'm that person I'm either I'm 100% there or I'm just I'm not there at all like I'll make that decision and if I can't give you 100% of myself I'm going to say no and like that became very evident to me that I wasn't giving 100% of myself so I didn't there was no point in, in trying to fight it um so now like when I go to the gym again yeah I can make that call do I want to do a home workout or when the gyms reopen now do I want to head down there to health quarters in Tubbacurry do I want to do an hour class there do I want to do a spin class or do you know do I want to make up put the the alarm on for seven o'clock in the morning get a juicy workout in before I head away there on a Saturday for a nice walk or a nice hike or something like you're just on your own clock you're independent you can do what you want and you can kind of figure out what your body needs in a particular day as well like because I suppose there's even days there where you wake up and you might have plans to do this, like a workout for maybe 90 minutes. It might be a a sweaty hit session or something like that. You wake up and your body is just tired. You don't have the energy that's required. So you can say, actually, do you know what? Maybe the best thing for me here is a 40 minute yoga class. Let's stretch it out. Let's get a a little bit of movement, but nothing too hectic. My body isn't able Mm -hmm. for it now. Um, And I think there's maybe a lack, not a lack of respect or not, I wouldn't even say a lack of understanding, but I suppose when your body isn't feeling it or when you're not feeling it and you feel like you have to go to training, there's no hiding. Do you know, you can't just say, oh, my body's sore today. Everybody else is training. So you can't just take a step back mm-hmm. and be like, no, not for me today. Um, so I suppose you need to commit. So you either commit or you say, no, it's not for me. Yeah, I think there's, I think it's very easy for me to understand that because I think the exact same way, but I'm sure there's people out there that just wouldn't have the motivation, wouldn't have the interest yeah. to train individually and they thrive in that team sport environment. Um, so I suppose for anyone listening, it's a case of figuring out what kind of w- where you fit in that. Because if you are the type of person that's nearly kind of, 
em- or not empathizing, but is, is very understanding of what we're saying right now. Maybe they are the type of person that needs to, to, to maybe push towards an, an individual approach to exercise and, because they might not be enjoying being in that team environment now. Maybe returning to club training over the last couple of weeks has been torture for them and they're kind of confused as to why that's the case. Um, if we were to bring it back then to injury, um, again, as I was saying, very, very um, interesting topic to me. You tore your ACL in August of 2016. So for anyone that's not um, as was familiar, that's your anterior cruciate ligament in your knee. Uh, typically, if you're an athlete, you will be undergoing surgery to, to replace and repair the ACL. And the rehab is about nine months. It, it can um, it can sway, it can be a little bit less, and it can be a little bit more. So it's quite a significant injury. When we look at GA, it's probably one of the longer uh, rehab times. What was that like for you? I suppose, first of all, when the injury actually happened, did you know what was going on or what was going through your head before you even kind of had a diagnosis? What was the thoughts? So my sister's a physio, first off, Laura. So it was obviously kind of reassuring in a sense to have her there. Plus, there was like a couple more of the girls on the team had gone through the whole thing as well. Like they tore the ACL, they'd gone through the rehab. So I knew what it involved. Um, But originally, when I actually did tear my cruciate, my sister didn't think that it was torn, right? Um, so I never got an MRI for the first the first three weeks, I think. And I actually just like I wanted the swelling to go down. I got back into the gym. Um, I can't even remember what we were treating it at, as the time, but I was just trying to build it back up a little bit. And I remember I went back then after a couple of weeks, like to a more Abbey training and um like it I just had this feeling that like my knee was giving way like from under me and I was like no there's something not right here remember ringing Laura straight away after the training like pulled out a training and I was like no there's something not right so got the MRI then and um obviously the results of the MRI went back to Laura and and I remember I actually remember the day that she told me as well and she was like oh god I don't know how to say this now and she was like but your your cruciate's torn and I was like okay that's fine and I did I did start crying because I was just like oh for god's sake like it's just going to be basically like I loved running I, I was a really active person so all I could think of was like the first three months of just pure torture of not being able to go for a run of not being able to go for a nice long walk doing hikes things like that just the things that I loved um, so I think, yeah, the first couple of days, like I was down in the dumps about it being like, why me? Why did this have to have to happen to me? Like, you know, um, but at the same time, I felt very grateful that I had Laura there because, you know, she was very supportive Um, she was making sure that I was doing everything right. Um, looking back now as well, like <laughs> I suppose I had for a couple of years after my leaving cert, I was going through a pretty crap time myself, which not a lot of people would have known about. So doing my ACL was actually probably a blessing in disguise. Um, Mm -hmm. It was one of those things or one of those events that really pushed me towards maybe putting myself first and getting back to looking after myself properly. And I know you're probably like, God, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I pulled my, or that I tore my ACL. And I know you're probably like, God, that's no. terrible. But no, I think it was just one of those things that kind of made me start to look after myself properly. I remember I got into a really, really good routine of going to the gym. Um, I was, you know, 
getting my sleep back on track, like trying to get to bed early. I actually was at home for the first two or three months as well. So I wasn't down in college, wasn't drinking as much. Um, And yeah, like I suppose the most difficult thing for me after the whole surgery had been done and stuff was um, I was actually suffering badly from spasms. So like even if I was going to go to the toilet or sit down in the chair, the minute that my hamstring of the the leg that I'd got done um, kind of hit off a surface, the whole leg would spasm. And this was going on for weeks and weeks. And again, like I was just like, why me? Why couldn't everything just run smoothly? But I was on Xanax for a couple of weeks then. And sure, I was trying to do my my uh, my lit review for my thesis plus on Xanax. So like one eye open, one eye closed. And it was absolute torture. Um, but they, like my lecturers, my tutor as well, was really, really supportive, really helpful. Like she was always laughing at me, being like, you know, stop putting pressure on yourself. But that was probably the most difficult part after the surgery was just like, you know, fourth year of college coming down like a ton of bricks and like trying not to lose time because of it um but yeah I suppose I missed vigorous exercise as well like I just love I love that feeling of getting really sweaty um do you know that feeling after a long run where you just feel like you can take on the world kind of thing and I definitely miss that because you know you're in the gym you're doing rehab like you know you're doing with strength work mobility all that jazz but it was nothing it wasn't the same as going out and just getting in the fresh air and just um it was a whole other type of exercise but as I said, like in hindsight, looking back, probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. And it was it allowed me just to get into a really good routine, like for myself, just to start looking after myself more. Sound Space will return after this brief message. My name is Jack Kavanagh, and I would like to tell you about my podcast, which is part of the Sound Space series. It's called Real Life. And we take the lessons and principles of well-being, of lifestyle medicine, of positive psychology, and look at them through the lens of real-life stories. Stories of people that have been through thick and thin and have come out on the right side of it, who apply these lessons through their lives. Many of them are practitioners in the areas of health, of psychology, and many other disciplines. And I myself have a story. When I was age 20, I had a spinal cord injury, which left me with about 15% muscle function. And over the years, qualifying as a pharmacist, and then furthering my studies into the world of coaching psychology and positive psychology coupled with lifestyle medicine, I've developed a real interest in how these principles can be used in our day-to-day lives to increase our well-being and to manage when times aren't so good. Look forward to having you join me. Speak soon. I find it interesting there when you were saying when you were told the ACL was ruptured and you listed out you couldn't go for a run you couldn't go for a walk you couldn't go for a hike you didn't mention you couldn't play football exactly yeah at any I suppose maybe not at the time or maybe at the time was there any kind of sense of I don't have to go training now I don't know I think at the time I would have given an arm and a leg to be able to go training like you want what you can't have kind of thing um so I definitely, I definitely did miss it. I would have missed the girls as well and just the crack of it all. And just feeling absolutely helpless, like being behind the goals, just like, 
do you know, walking around, getting the balls, throwing them out to the girls as they're kicking over points and stuff. You just feel helpless and you're like, God, do you know, you miss it at that point. But at the same time, I felt really involved, really included, like even just being on the sideline and we would have been a very tight knit group in Warren Abbey. Like, you know, everyone was kind of looking after one another. So there was always going to be a job for me, regardless of what it was to make me feel involved. But um, I probably missed the, like, I probably missed the crack with the girls and stuff like that more so than the football. And that definitely became apparent to me. Um, So I suppose, yeah, there was a, there was definitely a part of me coming towards the end of of the rehab, like when it was time nearly to get back on the pitch, if I was going to do it. Um, and I had a, like, I had a very long, hard think about it. Did I want to go back? Um, and I knew at the time that it wasn't the right thing for me to do. So I just, I just didn't, there was no point in committing to it again, because I wasn't going to be able to give a hundred percent of myself. Um, and I was, yeah, ultimately happy with my decision. And how did you, like, was, uh, you mentioned earlier about your dad kind of asking you about getting back and, and, and getting into, into games and whatnot again. Was that difficult, kind of trying to convey your thought process around it to the people that kind of, I suppose, would have nurtured you up along? Definitely, yeah. Like, there was just so many people that probably didn't understand why. Um like I didn't fully understand why myself so it was hard to get that across as well. Like I couldn't just sit dad down and say, you know, here are my five key points. These are the reasons why I'm not going back. I couldn't like really get it fully clear in my own head, but it felt right at the time. It felt like the right decision. So I was going with my gut. Um, but yeah, like God, there was countless days where, you know, Eamon, my sister and Kira would be going off training and dad would be like, go on, Robert, just go back with them tonight. Like, and it was constant. And, he was just, he was always looking for an answer. And even like the girls where my sisters were constantly looking for an answer, they didn't fully understand why. Um, trainers, the girls in Warren Abbey probably fully didn't understand why. Um, and it was definitely difficult, like trying to be like, no, 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 I'm happy with my decision. Like nobody really understood. Um, but all those things take time as well. Like, cause they would have known me, as you said, like as Roberta, the footballer, um, so now they were just trying to see me as Roberta and that's a big shock for somebody else as well. You need to understand that like, it's not even a, it's not even the process of you trying to come to terms with it. Like everybody else around you needs to as well. And I probably have more of an appreciation for that now. Um, that like to somebody outside externally, like this thing happened overnight. Like she just went from loving football to hating football. How could that happen? You know, did we do something? There was just all these unanswered questions, I suppose. But um, yeah, I think once people were given the time to maybe just be like, look, no, she's happy with her decision. She's definitely not coming back. It was fine then. But there was definitely even a period of like just pure awkwardness, like where I didn't even want to go to the games because you'd meet so many people. They'd be like, why aren't you there? Why aren't you togged out? Um, or did you ever find, because like Moyne Abbey is such a successful club, because when I stepped away, Again, it was kind of, it wasn't a decision like I'm training tonight and tomorrow night I'm stopping. It was through kind of, I suppose, my, my career and, and moving to Dublin. And, and it just kind of naturally happened in a way that your injury, I suppose, kind of naturally facilitated it. But I remember the first year, the girls won the league final and I couldn't bear to go. I, I actually was sitting in, it was an, an ex-boyfriend's car in Cork at the time. And I, he had gone training and I was crying my eyes out because I was like, 
I should I be there? I should be there. Like it was such a conflicting emotion. Yeah, 100%. And like, that's the thing is that it was difficult to go to games and, and things like that. Or even like there was loads of days where I wanted to go up to the training just to see the girls. But I was mm. like, no, Roberta, you made your bed. Now you'll sleep in it. Like, this is your decision. So you need to stick with it. And like, there's probably almost an element of pride there as well being like, no, I can't let them know that I'm hurting. I can't yeah. let them know that, I'm, that like I'm missing it a little bit. So like it's probably not something that I've spoken too much about it but definitely there's even still days now where I'd be like geez I'd love to go back like they're like but you know they're few and far between but again I don't talk about it because I don't want people to be like yeah well you're the one that decided not to go back so do you know what I mean and I'm probably being really cynical now there's probably no one that would ever say that to me it's difficult it's difficult to be like yeah do you know there's days where I really miss it that I'd like to go back um when you were the one that ultimately made the decision to step away. So like the ball was in your court, like you were the one that kind of, you were the one that decided this. So stick with it kind of. The reason I wanted to speak about this so much is not to demonize team sport or, you know, everybody give up Gaelic football and Camogie because that would be like knowing you and you knowing me, you know, we'd never promote that. But I suppose what I'm trying to kind of get across and what I'm trying to do with this podcast in particular is to examine how, our relationship with exercise can change and I think it's something worth exploring that if you're not enjoying what you're doing now maybe you are the person that's running or is doing yoga in your bedroom alone but maybe you really want that social outlet so maybe team sport is for you so I suppose I don't want to kind of I suppose leave this podcast kind of demonizing team sport but I want to talk about now like in terms of the physical activity and the exercise that you do now and we've talked about that journey to where you've come from to where you are now and do you feel like you're fulfilled I suppose with the exercise that you do from both the physical perspective but also a mental perspective yeah for definite no I definitely do like my exercise now I teach yoga full-time so I could have like between seven maybe to 11 or 12 classes a week depending um so I like or what or I I work even use your words Roberta I work (laughs) with sports teams um and on top of that then I run a full class and course schedule too um so there's always plenty of movement on the yoga mat and I love it and I really do like every time that I hop on the mat I'm excited to be there like I probably I still feel like I'm in that that giddy stage like that I'm just after starting to teach yoga like you know that 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 first couple of weeks where like it's just pure giddiness pure excitement that honestly has stayed with me for the last year which is lovely to be able to say and I'm you know I'm grateful that I can say that and I think when you can say that you know that it's the right thing for you to do and mm-hmm. um, the enjoyment is still there but I think like other than that I love doing hit classes so as you said now there's just such a huge range available to us at the minute like I love Rebecca works hit classes and she does loads of IGT lives um or like Courtney Black like there's all of these people who put up so many different workouts and I love just just trying them all out that's the thing like I, I'm not set to any one thing Do you know if somebody mm-hmm. puts up like a random bar class or um you know a, a Pilates class and things like that I'll try them because you know why not I have nothing to lose um but I love anything in the outdoors love hiking long walks uh sea dips like any of that I'm there 
And um, I actually started swimming as well, like indoor swimming in the pool uh, last year. So just having a couple of issues with my lower back and I was finding it really, really helpful. Laura, my sister, had just said, you know, you need to get into the pool. And I actually found that I was craving going there. Like it wasn't even that it was just helping my back, but I actually loved the swimming. Like I loved how I felt in there, loved how I felt after it. And even just it was I was working a whole load of muscles that I wouldn't generally use. Mm. doing yoga or doing a hit class or something like that so yeah it's a completely different lifestyle now um I feel incredibly fulfilled yeah but I would say that that fulfillment is is because like I have like a wide range I don't if I was to teach yoga um seven days a week and do nothing outside of that I can tell you straight out now that like there would there'd be a a part of me that would feel like it's missing like it's not fulfilled Mm. like I'm not at my best like Sometimes it's doing things outside of our comfort zone, like running into the sea when it's about minus two degrees, like, and just, you know, trying to breathe through the sensation of it, just stepping outside of your comfort zone. Um, like I love, you know, the energy of of different workouts, like hit workouts and things like that as well. So it's like a combination and making sure that I make the time for all of them, that it's not just yoga. So yeah, and like I'm I'm always good to get out, get my steps in, get in the fresh air because I think mentally as well, that's just so important. Um, like obviously all of my yoga classes are indoors. So it's just lovely what whatever stage of the day between cooking, between yoga, whatever it might be, I will always make the time to get outdoors and you just feel a hundred times better when you come back in after. Um so yeah, I think it's a whole round a whole range of different things. Um I would never put all my eggs in one basket and say, yeah, I feel fulfilled doing yoga. It's it's yoga plus a whole load of other mm-hmm. things. That's great. That's a, it's a good way to finish. Just before we do finish, though, I know you have a weekend retreat coming up. Would you like to tell us all about it? Yes, absolutely. So we actually sold out after like 36 hours. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, online. So we're thrilled. So um, Barry O'Neill, who is known as Banco, so he's a yoga teacher here in Mayo as well. So we just decided two or three weeks ago, we're like, let's do a retreat. It's exactly what people need at the minute. So um, it's a weekend of food, of hiking, of yoga. Um, there's a boat trip, just a whole load of great, great stuff. And it's in Westport in County Mayo. So absolutely buzzing for that. It's the August Bank Holiday weekend. Um, now we have taught around the idea of running maybe a second one in October. I was just going to ask. <laughs> um, because I have a cancellation list as long as I don't know what here. So um, yeah, we might go for it. If I do, you'll be the first to know. Um, so yeah, definitely something that I'm really excited for. Oh. And again, like it was stepping outside of my comfort zone. I didn't know what way it was going to go. Was there going to be interest? Was there not? Um, so it's just fabulous that there was such a good response. Well, congratulations. That is amazing. Just before we go, I have three quick fire questions that I don't think I've prepped you for, which is even better. First one, three Instagram accounts that you would recommend following. So Rebecca O'Rourke, great um, hit classes. Uh, Number two, Molly McKeever, yoga. She's really positive, uplifting and great yoga flows. And number three, I would say Daniel Davey, just... Mm. Real easy going, uh, some great easy recipes and just a wealth of knowledge. Perfect. Okay, one type of exercise or even one specific exercise or one physical activity that you absolutely hate. You just can't, can't deal with it. Absolutely hate. Um, oh my God. <laughs> I'm not massive on like weights. 
anything in particular because I hate a single leg squat but I force myself to do it um no yeah I, I'm not a massive yeah not massive on them but like I'd hate just anything oh <laughs> anything to do with weights really like I'd have like little dumbbells here and I'd work away with them but like anything outside of that no you will never see me with the bench press because I think it's interesting we've spoken about all things you love but I think to remember that you're human too you're not like this mentally amazing athlete okay and one like event or activity that you'd love to participate in someday like are you going to climb Mount Everest are you going to run a 10 kilometers are you going to play a game of soccer I don't know what, what what would you love to do um I would definitely love to, um, I would like to do Karen Tuchel. I'm annoyed at myself that I haven't done it before now, um, but it's on my list and I will get it done. Perfect. Well, hopefully we'll get the weather for it soon. Last thing, so tell us where we can find you, where we can follow you, where we can figure out if this, there's a second date for that retreat. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So my Instagram handle is Bobby by Roberta Har. So there's loads of recipes up there, um, some yoga content as well. So knock yourselves out. And uh, my web page as well is www.shopbobby.ie. And again, recipes, the click and collect is run from there. And there is lots of information about yoga and class passes and everything else up there as well. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Roberta. And it was thank great to chat. Me. And you, girl. Thanks a million for having me. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode where we were joined by Roberta Harrington of ShopBobby.ie who spoke to us about the importance of a varied approach to exercise, the silver linings of an ACL injury and all things yoga. We hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned for more. This podcast was brought to you by Soundspace. The go-to place for all the latest podcasts on topics such as mental well-being, nourishment, parenting and health and fitness.